0: With Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs with the VolQuest.com mini-podcast following Tennessee's stunning, embarrassing, shocking, surprising, whatever adjective you want to use, loss to Kentucky where Tennessee falls to the Wildcats by a score of 34-7. to Lots of things to get into, lots of things to talk about this one. Uh, as I'm written about and writing about today, uh, the fact of the matter is four games in, particularly when you look at the last two, Rob, Tennessee doesn't have an identity on offense, and they got a frustrated head football coach because of
1: it. Yeah, I mean, I, as we, we were talking off air, I thought that was the most telling thing about his press conference um, is, you know, he seemed to take some take some shots at, J, at Jim Chaney. I mean, clearly, I mean, Jerry, Jerry Guarantano is, is kind of the story of the, of the day, three more turnovers, two, two weeks in a row with three turnovers. But, you know, Pruitt's kind of, you know, dig about the, the play call or play Colleen, I thought was um, the the biggest story coming out of today, other, other than you know getting embarrassed at home by Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I mean Jim, I mean Jeremy Pruitt saying post game that you know undecided at the quarterback position, and basically said change could happen anywhere within the program. Austin, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and hot take it that he's firing somebody tomorrow, but I, I would say there's going to be a pretty ugly offensive meeting taking place tomorrow. When they have a conversation about where that what the direction is of the offense and how do they get there, where do they want to go?
2: I don't know where they want to go.
0: I today,
2: it, you know, I put on the board in the chat, Brent, for a, for an offense that you know for the first three and a half games has prided itself on basically going forward back when when they're past your own forty yard line on fourth down, called the game like they were you know scared to to you know, advance it past the sticks at all. I mean, it, some of the play calls in the second half, I mean, I get it. You're, you're, you are you're have no faith in Jarrett. You have no faith in the passing game. But when you're down three scores sitting there and handing it off or throwing, you know, throwing it for a five-yard gain on a third and 15, it just makes no sense to me. Like, why even call the play? If that's the case, why is he in the football game? Like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense the route they're going.
0: I, I mean, that I- you know I I agree I don't think that Rob that they had any confidence and any belief on anything they could get done in in the second half which gets back to the question of what what are they going to try to get done look Jim Cheney's history is he wants to run the football play action pass and throw it down the field I don't know that they can do that because I don't know that they have the receivers who can get open down the field for one and, and, a, and a quarterback who can execute it down the field for two so I, I don't I don't know what they do moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought again, Jarrett's the whole story today. I would I would say those were both pretty bad balls into coverage, but he got no help from his receivers. I mean, Josh Palmer, who'd been really good prior to today, was was a non-factor. Brandon Johnson had one nice catch down the middle of the field, but he didn't he did not get a lot of help from the perimeter. And as far as their identity, I think it's pretty clear that the head football coach wants their identity to be as a team that grinds it out.
0: But I don't know that they can do that. As he also said afterwards, you know, we block it for six yards for our running backs, and they get six or maybe five and a half, meaning they're not breaking a lot of tackles after contact, which is certainly the case. We're we're not seeing. I mean, today we got um, a little bit of Jabari Small late, but they don't have a big, heavy running back that you can lean on, uh, and that can lead. They they don't have
2: what Kentucky had in the second half—a 225-pounder. That, as you just talked about, can lean on you. They don't have that unless they're going to trot out D. with. But, again, they, they work these freshmen all week in practice. And then what happens? They only went in when it was out of hand. Like, you know, and Jeremy talked about that after the game. And then when I asked him to expound on it, then all of a sudden, well, we got off we, – we, we got separation today. Better not – you know, I think you're letting on. Did you? I mean, like, I, I, I just – I see nothing about – out of Cedric Tillman and Brandon Johnson – not to say those guys are bad players. I don't think they're bad players. I just don't think they're good enough.
0: Well, and I think the other thing that factors into that, too, I mean, I, you know, clearly some guys don't know what they're doing or don't know where they're going all the time. I, I get some of that. I still think you can – I mean, what Malachi Weidman did on the last drive of the half, I think he could have done in the first half. He ran a nine route <laughs> and they threw it up to him. I mean, that was the only route he ran. One of them was for a completion. But the other issue here is on the offensive line. I know they've been beat up there. You know, but it's still musical chairs with with things out there. They're obviously struggling at the tackle position. Wanya Morse did get hurt in this game and did not come back in in the second half. You know, but at one point they've got Darnell Wright has struggled, so they take take Darnell Wright out of the game and they move Cade Mays to tackle and they play Spragans, and they move the fall, move the football.
2: And Carvin was in on that drive as well. And then they
0: come back in, they put Carvin in, and then go on a touchdown drive, and maybe Carvin couldn't go anymore, but then they come back to Darnell Wright <laughs> and Cade Mays at, at right guard, and then Cade Mays has to play left tackle for a series, and then Karon Calvert, who hadn't played in three games, is suddenly asked to play left tackle uh, on a day where uh, they're having a hard time protecting off the edges. I mean, they're just so unsettled really everywhere at office. I mean, Eric Gray's their best playmaker, I guess. Okay. Josh Palmer's their only, quote, deep threat. Outside of that, Rob, they're pretty unsettled. I mean, Trey Smith's your left guard.
1: And Brandon Kennedy's your center. And
0: Brandon Kennedy's your center. After yeah. that, I mean, you you got seven spots, kind of, or eight spots up for grabs, it feels like. Seven or eight. So it feels like to me. And Is that wrong?
1: No, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say up for grabs, but you just don't know what they're going to look like from week to week or even series to series you know when you're talking about the offensive line and to be you know to be talking about that nearly halfway through the season is uh, certainly not ideal
2: well no and I know Jeremy said he didn't want to sound like you know an excuse maker but he did sound like an excuse maker to talk about you know the fact that all these guys haven't practiced what was Kentucky's excuse what's every other team's excuse I mean Missouri had a, a a you know, 20 kids out last week and they beat LSU. Like, I mean, like, nobody wants to hear that. Just just like nobody wants to hear that, you know, it wasn't Jarrett's fault on on the Ty Chandler, you know, mistake where he forced the fumble. I mean, nobody wants to hear that it's Jim Chaney's fault on a bad play call. You know, the the people want, you know, change. That don't mean that they're always going to get it, but, like, you have to give them something or you're going to lose
0: them. Well, they want results. I mean, and whatever it takes to get results is what they're – is what they're looking for and what they're they're seeking and, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see what those results be uh, will be moving forward because um, obviously next week is going to be a monumental challenge with Alabama coming to town and then and look there are no there are no layups there are no easy ones maybe Vanderbilt but there's nothing else on this roster that's easy or on the schedule that's easy in any way shape or form and look offensively, Look, the defense in the first half gave the offense every opportunity, Rob, to be completely successful. And the second half, defense didn't get out, didn't get out of the locker room. No, the defense. W- once the offense went three and out to start the second half, they were done. It looked like.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hate to question effort because you don't know, but it certainly didn't look like that was
0: that that was
1: a defense given one hundred percent in the second half. And again, you know, I don't know that it matters, but it, it didn't look great.
0: No, it didn't look great at all. And again, Austin, they can't they can't defend a slant. For the fourth week in a row <laughs> they can I mean they can't defend a slant if, if, if you, you don't think next week they're gonna put Henry Ruggs you know uh, and lined up to Jaylen I Waddle. mean Jalen Waddle yeah. line up to give him a slant early in the game next week oh yeah I mean you know that that's just the reality they can't defend that play and today Kentucky got them when they went nickel Kentucky tried to hammer it and run it down their throat and when they went you know, with regular base personnel, no nickel. They, they threw, threw across the middle. Yeah. They threw slants. And and
2: and when they went and when they went nickel and Kentucky, ran it. They ran it with a 225-pound sledgehammer, who Tennessee could not tackle. Period. The second half, he looked like he was bathed in Crisco out there. Tennessee fans were just, or Tennessee uh, players were just slipping off of him. Arm tackles. It was. I mean, what,
0: what Kentucky rushed for in
1: the second half? Uh, Too much. 187 total, He had 28 in the first half, so they went, they went for 159.
0: 159 yards in the, in the second, second half, as they had their way with Tennessee in the second half. Tennessee couldn't get a stop, Tennessee couldn't make a first down, they, they couldn't get anything done. So let's 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 move it forward, let's take Alabama out of the equation. Let's not, let's not even worry about the matchup with Alabama. You're Jeremy Pruitt, you're going to go to the practice field on Sunday, you're going to get in the staff meeting, you're going to get in the film room, your staff's going to get in there what is what is the three biggest priorities for this coaching staff starting tomorrow to help this team move forward in the back half of this season
1: you're a good quarterback what do you do uh, i'm i'm playing somebody besides two or i'm playing multiple people besides two i'm
2: playing multiple i don't know why not i mean like why not give all these guys a try i know they have no faith in, in brian Maurer, but you never know i mean he's given he was given a lot of opportunities last year to Kind of be the guy, and he made mistakes. He was given opportunities in fall camp. He he, he had mistakes. Um,
0: apparently, so did J.T. Shroud today because he didn't move somebody in motion the way it was supposed to according to Pruitt.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, at, at the end of the day, why not play multiple guys? You know, I mean, you know, I know everybody wants to annoy Harrison Bailey, but he he kind of threw a jump ball to Malachi Weidman who made a nice play. Surely, you can't tell me watching the rest of those throws, you were just all enthralled because I mean. I, but but at the same time, it starts. it's got to start somewhere. You know you're going to lose next week, no matter who your quarterback is, unless you know something crazy happens. And so, you know, why not go ahead and get some guys some reps and see start building towards Arkansas. Dude. This is an Arkansas team that's at, at this current moment dismantling Ole Miss, and 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 has looked as competitive as anyone through the first four weeks of the season. Well, you I'm also sure. have One the open week. date. No. Yeah, you got to
0: open that in there as well. All right, so find a quarterback on offense. It,
2: it, it's it's also it's, fine It's also whatever direction Jeremy's wanting, to, wanting Jim Cheney to go in offensively. They need to get on the same page, you know. Because I mean, it's not. To, and Coach Pur doesn't do this often, but for him to kind of go that route, you know, calling him out in the media tells you he's pretty frustrated. I think he was frustrated last week at Georgia. I think that expanded this week uh, with this, you know, mockery of a performance offensively to uh, Kentucky, so I, I they got to get on the same page.
0: All right, let's talk about defense. What do you got to do defensively?
1: I figure out how to cover the middle of the field. I mean, Kentucky comes in here with the, the only team worse at throwing the football in the league is Vanderbilt. Kentucky comes in here and goes 13 to 16 and you know, just cars you up the same way that the three other opponents have carved you up in the middle, picking at the same spot. I mean, I, I, I think that's definitely the priority on that side of it. I mean,
0: my modeling, they don't have any. I mean, they just give up the inside leverage, it seems like, all the time. Well, I mean, any idea? I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, schematically, it's over my head, I guess. I don't have any idea why four games in that, that they're just letting guys get inside releases on them at that position. I don't – I mean, I wish I had an answer for that one, but I don't have an answer for that one.
2: No, I mean, I, I think that's something, you know – because, I mean, like, when you ask him about a post game, he always wants to say, Well, I got to watch the film. But, you know, come Monday, I think that's got to be a question that gets asked. Well, like, certainly it's got to get asked.
0: I mean, last week it was because the Nickelback played the wrong coverage and, and, you know, didn't get a check or whatever. But I think Kentucky was 6 of 6 or 7 for 7 throwing slants and throwing middle of the football field after Stetson Bennett. Was something like 11 to 13 last week throwing it in the middle of the football field, and Shia Smith made a, a, a you know nearly a record-breaking night of doing it against you in the opening game of the season. So that's a situation that's not gotten any better and not gotten any development at all the, the, in terms of putting that to bed.
2: The biggest question to me is, is how the hell did this team beat Missouri and and, and, and South Carolina. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, I mean, I mean like they, well, that's a great question. So let me ask this: you
2: go back to you know you go back a game and a half ago, Hubs the Vols had not turned it over the whole season. Had played clean football, had done it all, and d- done a lot of the stuff the right way. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, the, the the baseball movie where the kid you know falls on his arm and can throw a fastball and then falls on his arm again and then no longer can do it anymore. It's like something happened and they all of a sudden became turnover machines. And I mean, it's, it's the team the last six quarters versus the team the first 10 quarters of the season or two different, or two different teams. All
0: right, let me close it out with this. Then, based on that, was is is this performance today? Is Tennessee as bad as their performance was today, or was there a Georgia hangover? I, I thought it was kind of crazy to think this team could have a Georgia hangover from last week. Is, is this a Georgia hangover?
1: I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I mean, I, I I think it's I think it goes deeper than that. Personally, I, I mean, I don't think it was just middle you know just this a middle you know dealing with getting beat 44 to 21. i I mean i could be wrong but it seemed it seemed deeper than that to me today
0: it certainly uh was uh not the day anybody in neyland stadium expected including the kentucky fans there's not anybody who saw today coming as tennessee at home loses to kentucky in the worst home loss to the wildcats since the 1800s as tennessee loses in knoxville to the wildcats for the first time since Tony Robinson was a junior in 1984. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Saturday, everybody.